You're listening to the Harbor Worship Center podcast with Pastor Mike Saint. For more information about the Harbor Worship Center, please visit us at harborwc.com. Enjoy today's message. But we talked about a new year and a new you. Most people want to start over in the brand new year. They want to forget the fact they didn't lose 50 pounds last year. They want to forget that they missed the budget last year. They want to, and, and that's okay. Okay? Now, the thing is, forgetting that is one thing, but doing better is another. So that's what we want to do this year. And, and if I may, I want to throw up a, a verse that is kind of the theme of this, and it's Hebrews 10 and 17. I'm going to read it from the message. It says, I'll forever wipe the slate clean of their sins. I'll forever wipe the slate clean of their sins. Now, there's another passage of Scripture I would love to share with you because it's going to get to the, to the crux of where I'm at today. It comes out of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6 and verse 14, in the New King James, it says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now, if you, I don't have time to show it all, but if you read further, and I will in just a moment, that the, the, the other side of that is, if we don't forgive people, guess what? We don't receive forgiveness uh, either. So here, it, what, I need you to understand something that, um, that forgiveness uh, is the way to freedom. Forgiveness is the way, if I had time to write it all out there, number one, I would say today, the biggest thing you've got to get today is that forgiveness is the way to freedom. I'm going to tell you, I was in my first church uh, 25 years ago, and uh, we had 30-something people when I went there, and in six months, I successfully got us down to 18. And then as we began to try to grow back, and, and God helped us, and we began to grow, and, you know, we got back to 30, and we got to 40 and 50, and anyway... I had a, a, a lady in the church that she had become almost like a mother to me, um, and, and Kelly, her husband, they loved uh, our children, and um, we had uh, Adam and Carly and AJ at the time, and, and this lady just loved us to death, but then we began to reach out to more people. We spent a lot of time with this, this family, but we began to reach out to other people, and we began to win couples into the church. We started seeing uh, teenagers coming. We started seeing the nursery start to, to have some babies in there. And, and God was helping us and God was blessing us. This lady got jealous. <clears throat> she really got jealous and it put a real hampering or a dampening on our friendship. And next thing I know, rumor mills started through the church and, and she was behind all of that. And I didn't want to believe it. And I said, there's just no way this lady's talking like this about Kelly and I and, and about some of these new faces and all of that. And the devil was using this lady to poison the minds of young couples and new couples just because she was jealous that we weren't spending quite as much time as we used to spend. And I said, man, I, I just cannot believe this. I mean, uh, and, but going to people's houses and, and, and telling them just absolute falsehoods. Um, like I had told her she could not wear all of her, because she, she had a little bit of money, and she, uh, she let you know it with the diamonds that she had. Told her I couldn't wear rings to church. Come on, man. Y'all seen Kelly? You mean I'm going to tell somebody they can't? Listen, I had an old preacher tell me that my wife was going to ruin my ministry because she wore ear bobs. Hello, I'm talking about little studs that might have cost $15 at the most. 
You don't understand. I done been through all that legalism and all that hell, and I was tired of it and through with it. And for me to tell a lady that she couldn't wear jewelry, come on. Or cut her hair, or any of that kind of stuff. And man, she put the dime out that that's what I was doing. Next thing you know, she put the dime out that this one was swapping husbands and wives with that one's. And buddy, I got fired up. I'm talking about I read a formal letter and said, you will retract this, and if you visit another member of the church and say this, I'm going to file formal charges in the church, and, and you're going to prove it. Or I'm going to turn you out of the church. Period. Because now you start talking about ruining a ministry. Are you with me? Say amen. And it hurt me to the core. It hurt me to the bone that somebody that had been that close to me would say something like that. It just devastated Kelly and I. I'm going to tell you what it did. You know why? I wouldn't forgive then. I was bitter. I'm telling you. She, she, was, she was close and so she left and I was bitter about it and I'm out visiting. I'm out trying to do the work of God but bitterness is growing in my heart. I'm so mad I could have smacked her down. I'm, I'm just telling you that's the flesh side of me because I was thinking to myself, I've worked as hard as I can work to get this church to grow and brought my family to this mess and lived in a dump and still did at the time doing everything I could do to grow the house of God and you're tearing it up and sending people away as fast as I'm with them. And I was upset. And, and it really bothered me. So I went out visiting one night trying to do the will of God, trying to do the work of God, and the Lord spoke to me and said, Go see Doris. I said, I ain't going to see Doris. So I rode on out and I went to see somebody. I got there and they wasn't home. Spirit of the Lord said to me, go and see Doris. I said, I ain't going to see Doris. I done told her all I need to tell her. She knows where I stand. I'm innocent in this and, and I ain't going. I went to the next place to visit. Now you got to think, this is a rural church. It's a good way. It's like driving to St. Mary's to the next house. Y'all with me? So I go to the next house, ain't nobody home. Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, go see Doris. I said, I ain't going to see Doris. I ain't going to see her. I went to the next house. I got in one of three houses. Not a soul home. Spirit of the Lord said, go see Doris. And I said, I ain't going to see Doris. She's hurt me. She, she's made me sick. She's made me mad. She's caused me to lose members. Etc., etc., etc. And the Spirit of the Lord said, Go and see Doris and tell her you forgive her. And I said, I ain't fixing to go tell her I forgive her because I don't forgive her. And the Lord just now got a hold of me and said, You mean to tell me you're going to go tell your people to forgive each other, but you ain't going to forgive her? I said, Lord, why do you beat me up like this? Why do you cage me in where i got to go now and do this and I don't want to go see it? And I said, you know what? Ain't nobody been home. I'm going to go see her and she ain't going to be home either. <laughs> I drive about 10 or 12 miles to her house. The Cadillac sitting in the driveway. <laughs> I walked up and knocked on the door and I thought to myself, man, I, I hear the dog barking. Maybe she's gone with her husband and she's not home and... And I'll just, if I wait about 10 more seconds, I'm going to just leave. Just tell God I went. I, just a minute. <laughs> she opened the door. And with tears streaming down her face. Barely, hardly able to, to move, just shaking. She reached out and she was old enough to be my mother. But she reached out and embraced me and said, 
The Spirit of the Lord told me you were coming today. Before I could even get it out of my mouth, she said, I want you to know I'm sorry for all that's gone on. And I said, that's why I'm here to tell you I'm sorry for all that's gone on. We didn't try to rehash it all. I'm just simply saying, that's my story of a situation where I was hurt so bitterly and so deeply and said, you know what? I, I don't care where you go. Just go from here. I was, and that's bad for a pastor in a rural church to say that when, when you really need everybody you can get. But God told me I had to offer her a clean slate. And let me tell you something, God was working on both ends. But now I need to run down through this message because you've got to understand, freedom is the way to forgiveness. Listen, forgiving others is the way out. I thought to myself, you know what, uh, maybe I, I've got her right where I want to. Listen, I had myself in a prison. I had myself in a place where bitterness was starting to take over. And, and it was affecting me. Here's why you need to know. If you don't forgive, you're not hurting them. You're hurting yourself. Every time I got ready to try to preach, the Lord is just digging at me. He's trying to convict me. I cannot live my own life because of the seeds of bitterness that's in my heart. Listen to me. I don't care what the devil tells you, how bad they hurt you. Even though they've done physical harm and all of that stuff, the key to freedom is forgiveness. I bet there's those of you today who've been hurt immensely. By someone probably worse than I experienced there. And maybe, you, maybe you've been hurt so bad and maybe that, that person don't even admit the fact that they ever hurt you. Maybe they don't even realize that they ever hurt you. But let me say this, if you don't forgive others, you cannot be forgiven. If you don't offer forgiveness, you're not doing it God's way. If you hold them in unforgiveness, you yourself remain in bondage and prison. The Lord said for us to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. I don't know of anybody that wants to be held guilty. I don't know of anybody that wants to be held in unforgiveness. All of us want to be forgiven. So we need to forgive. The blessings of forgiveness. Listen, if you obey the Word of God... When you, when you forgive somebody, you obey the Word of God. And He desires obedience over sacrifice. There's something about taking Jesus at His Word. There's something about exercising your faith to Him that is extremely liberating. Listen, it brings freedom to the soul. It takes away the weight that is holding us down so that we'll be able to soar like the wings of an eagle on the wings of forgiveness, if you will. Listen, conversely, if you hold on to that deed, you'll become heavy with bitterness. And the soul will be a drudgery. You'll be a drudgery to be around. You'll mope and you'll grope and complain about your plight. Woe is me. Woe is me. And some people will even avoid being around you unless they get into that same funk. That word means a depressed state, by the way. So there you are. Listen, I want you to understand something. Forgiveness does not always lead to reconciliation, though. And that's okay. Most of us uh, need just a very little time to think of a petty conflict that we had with somebody that um, forgiveness didn't take place, or maybe it did, but yet you say, hey, I forgive them, but let that be. There are relationships that have become so toxic and unhealthy that they cannot be reconciled. Listen, there are people who 
have been wounded to such a degree that it's not healthy for them to be in that relationship any longer. These are the people with whom we need to establish boundaries as to how far we go. You love them, you forgive them. Listen, for the sake of our own spiritual and emotional health, it's critical that we give these people forgiveness but boundaries. Here's what we need to do. We need to forgive one another and let it go. Now here's a story that comes out of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18. Let me run through it real quick. In Matthew 18, 21, uh, Peter came to Jesus and he says, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brothers and sisters? Seven times? And the Lord said, no. I tell you till seven times, uh, uh, not seven times, but 77, seven times that. He wasn't talking about 490 times. The implication was that as often as someone has sinned against you, and they come back to you and they're sorrowful about it, forgive them. Let me ask you this. What if the Lord said, you got five chances from now till you die? Five chances. And some of you are already on four. <clears throat> are you with me? Say Amen. And, you know, we'd be scared out of our mind to even get out of bed. Right? Because we might mess up and it might cost us heaven. Listen, Jesus said it like this. Therefore the kingdom of heaven, verse 23, is likened to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And he began the settlement. And a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold. Look at your neighbor and say, 10,000 bags of gold. He wanted to settle accounts, and they brought him to him, and since he was not able to pay it, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. So they said, you owe me 10,000 bags of gold. You can't pay it, so sell all of them, sell all the things, bring me the proceeds of what you've sold, and then they will work for me until they've paid me everything. And uh, the man said, be patient with me. He begged him and said, I'll pay you back everything. Verse 27, the servant's master took pity on him. Watch this. Canceled the debt and let him go. <clears throat> Canceled the debt and let him go. But when that servant, somebody say that servant. When that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants that owed him a hundred silver coins. I want y'all to catch this. Are y'all with me? He owed 10,000 gold coins. Somebody owed him 100 silver coins. Silver is a lot less valuable than gold. And he had a lot less quantity. Somebody owed him 100 silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me and I'll pay it back to you. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown in prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and they went and told the master what had happened. And the master called the servant back and said, you wicked servant. He said, I canceled all of your debts because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Listen, he says, in anger, he, the master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he paid back all that he owed. And this is how your heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brothers and your sisters from your heart. Woo! Sounds quiet. Sister Shantay, I hope you offering Apple a clean slate. I, you know, there you are. Yeah, she's offering apple to clean slate. I know she is. I'm saying this. Jesus said, it's just like the story here. 
If we're asking the Lord to forgive us, but we have withheld forgiveness from our brothers or our sisters or our cousins or our mother or daddy or our neighbor, we've held them in unforgiveness of a hundred silver coins when God has forgiven us of tens of thousands of big mistakes and sin. And God says, how can you not forgive them that little trespass when I have forgiven you a mountain of trespasses? I'm saying to you today that we need to offer others a clean slate and not say, well, I've got my slate, I'm good. No, but that person that got the job ahead of us, we need to look at them and say... That's what I'm giving you today, a clean slate. That person that wronged us, here's what you got, a clean slate. That person that was uh, unfaithful, that, that we're going to give you a clean slate too. That person that hurt you so deeply and messed up your reputation and made you look like a liar, we're going to give you a clean slate too. Well, let me move on. we got to offer that clean slate. You say... We often withhold forgiveness from people because those who have wounded us have never asked us to forgive them. And we justify our unforgiveness by saying, well, they ain't never asked me to forgive them. It's likely some of them don't even know that you took it as hard as you did. But extending forgiveness begins the process of freeing us from the soul um, debilitating pain, the anger, the resentment that we have been carrying around for too long. The truth is that extending forgiveness to those who have hurt us will benefit us more than them. When I say the slate is clean, guess what? Something happens in my soul. Something liberates me. Something takes the chains off of my arms, the shackles off of my feet. Something happens to me when I say the slate is clean. Yep, you said some horrible things about me. Nope, none of it was true or most of it was not true except what it is. But hey, I'm going to wipe the slate clean. Because I deserve persecution, I deserve prosecution, I deserved adjudication, I deserved imprisonment, I deserved hell. But Jesus, inasmuch as I was still steeped in sin, came and died for the ungodly. God commended His love to me while I was yet a sinner. Christ died for the ungodly. So, I have to offer a clean slate. Listen, here's, here's why you've got to do this. It's so, it'll bring the freedom. You need to do it. Uh, that's what God wants us to do. But here's why. Because you can then be forgiven. Because then you can be free. We cannot hold people in unforgiveness expect God to forgive us. Let me show you the bane of unforgiveness. The bane of unforgiveness is that it is a cancer that continues to eat at the soul of man. And the most damning thing is the deceitfulness of unforgiveness. We feel justified in being mean-spirited and treating them like crap, if I can say it that way from the pulpit, because they've wronged us. And when you treat them like that, you're not treating them like Jesus would. Because Jesus said, if they smote me on the one side, I would turn the other cheek. He said, if they'd done me wrong, I would still visit them. I would still help them. I, would, I, I know this is backwards, but everybody says we're living under grace. Grace says go the extra mile. 
Woo! Felt that one bounce back. Somehow the devil convinces us that if we don't forgive that person, that he or she will be broken and someday will they'll come to ruin when the truth is that unforgiveness will bring you to a place of brokenness and ruin. Forgiving those who have wronged us is not easy, but withholding forgiveness is like allowing a tumor to spread, knowing it's in your body, knowing that it is malignant, allowing it to spread throughout your body while ignoring the necessary treatment to eradicate it. If you're harboring unforgiveness, you knowingly have that in you, and you are, allow, you are allowing it to stay. For, listen, forgiving those who've wronged us hurts sometimes. I want to tell you this. Hear me this. A life spent practicing unforgiveness toward those who've wronged us feeds that malignancy. It feeds that growth in our soul, and it hinders our capacity for healthy relationships. Watch this. And it binds us in the oppressive chains of anger that hold us down. It makes us suspicious of everybody. Did you hear what she said? She don't like me. Look at him. He don't care about me. Suspicion, resentment, fear, anger, malice, all these things. The residual effect of the cancer of the soul is that it inevitably targets the healthiest of relationships in your life. And pretty soon they all suffer because of this malignancy that has bled over into your thinking. And you're thinking that one day they're going to do me just like Brother Bill did or just like Sister Susie did. One day they're going to do it too. And I'm going to tell you something. This is bad for pastors because we live in a society where you're going to experience hurt. And if you're not careful, you can stereotype all people like the one or two bad apples in the bunch. Now that that's off my chest, I'll try to land this thing. Listen. The residual effect is that cancer will attack other healthy relationships with laser-like precision. Our unforgiving ways will begin to inflict collateral damage on those people that we love the most. We begin to take it out. And I want to let me just be real transparent with you. I've had issues before that, that were hard that I had to deal with here at the church and then got home and had a bad attitude with Kelly or the kids. And it wasn't that they had done anything wrong. It's I was dealing with some kind of junk that was on my plate and they got the brunt of it it was wrong. What I'm saying is, if I don't deal with the bitterness, if I don't deal with the unforgiveness, if I don't get that straight with God, if I don't get it straight with God, it'll come home to my family. I'm going to tell you, 99% of the time, you'll know this, if you've had a, a, a problem with me, and you decide, well, I'm out, I will ask you for an exit meeting. I will ask you to come and sit down and let's be brothers and look at each other across the desk face to face and tell me what is wrong and what could I have done to do better so that we leave saying, you know what, we disagree, but we love God together and I want to see you in heaven. And if we have to part ways in that way, then so be it. But here's the deal. I can lay my head on my pillow that night and say I did everything I could do to make it right. You know, I try to say whatever it is, and then in that very time, I will also own whatever it is 
that you bring to my attention if I failed you I'll just have to say I failed you and you know what you'll have to do you'll have to say pastor I do forgive you I offer you also a clean slate heads bowed and eyes closed I want to ask you this if you were to make a list of the past hurts those who have just put a dagger through your heart and soul how much of that pain is currently lingering there and who is the perpetrator who makes the list of that person that just cut your heart out and left you to die what names are on that list today are you willing to enter into the danger zone and attempt to forgive those that have wounded you so deeply our past hurts cause us great pain in the present moment and forgiveness is the only way to soothe that pain I want you to understand that Jesus dying on the cross said father forgive them they don't know what they're doing withholding forgiveness from those who have hurt us causes us watch this here we go to hold our own selves in unforgiveness as a result we suffer in silence because we refuse to allow forgiveness we refuse to ex our, ourself to to um, to forgive others so now it's on us and we don't even forgive ourselves, and we cannot experience the freedom in God denying ourselves this experience causes us to live in a dangerous cycle of unforgiveness we're not willing to forgive those who've wounded us we're not willing to allow ourselves then to feel the forgiveness of God and the freedom that comes the longer we exist in this destructive cycle the more we will punish ourselves for the things God has long since forgiven us of there are some of you right now you've blamed yourself for that molestation that took place and while God has forgiven it years ago you hold on to it there are those of you who, who, who things happened beyond your control or maybe you could control it and you ask God to forgive you God where were you at? please forgive me I was wrong and God forgave you when you ask him but you've never been able to forgive yourself there are those right here today that someone else has hurt you someone else has wronged you or your family emotionally physically mentally sexually whatever and you have never forgave and God wants to free you today and he wants you to take part in it by simply saying you know what I forgive I want you to understand this and we're gonna pray first of all today is sanctity of human life let me say this you may be here today and you've had an abortion some years ago maybe it was some weeks ago days ago and that tragic event has scarred your life forever and you hold yourself in a prison and you no longer forgive yourself because of what has happened I want to tell you today God will forgive you and you can forgive yourself that don't mean that it was right it means that it was wrong but that God forgives and we must forgive others and we must forgive ourselves here's what I want you to understand there is no such thing as forgive and forget and then we're gonna pray there ain't no such thing 
as forgive and forget. The Bible says God removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. We understand that. But for you and I, we do not have the capacity to forget it unless God erases it from our mind. We simply choose not to relive it. We choose not. You see, forgiveness dissolves the power of the pain and the people who caused it in our lives. Forgiveness dissolves the power of that wrong. It's been held over. So as you stand with me this morning, I know we've got life group sign-ups, and uh, we'll get to that in a moment, but this is why we're here. I wonder why heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you'll do me a favor right now, if this message touched your heart in some way, shape, form, or fashion, put your hand up right now. My goodness, two-thirds or more. You may put it down. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at harborwc.com.